episode 274 of Global From Asia. I'm in the backseat of a grab and gonna do a discussion about long tail, making money in the long tail, Amazon, Shopify, or just scaling lot, lots and thousands and thousands of products with Mike Hartman. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. You know, I like to do these little intros. It's uh, been really on the move, heading down to Maya Mall or Neiman in Chiang Mai after an intense couple of weeks in four different parts of China. We are entering into middle October and the pressure is on for these events. Cross-Border Summit, our fourth annual, and as always getting amazing feedback from the community. So thank you so much for your support and I hope to catch some of you all there, y'all there. Have a lunch meeting with uh, another amazing seller, friend of mine. He's nervous about getting into Hong Kong. He's asking me for tips going into Hong Kong. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird world we live in when maybe going to Guangzhou might seem safer than going into Hong Kong. Anyway, let's talk about this week's show. He's going to be one of our speakers at the summit, so of course it's a good time to get him on to the podcast, Mike Hartman. He was on the show years ago talking about Delaware U.S. corporation structures. He's an American living in Romania, Eastern Europe, and uh, taps into all the technical talent in the community there and is scaling tens of thousands of products on Amazon, on Shopify, and he's talking about how to get money, make money, maximize profits, diversify and some of his insights from being a BSR7 or bestseller rank or meaning a top seven product in a certain category going all the way into like something where it doesn't matter if you're the top ranking, you got so many thousands of products, you will make little bits of money from lots of little products. We chat about all kinds of stuff. This guy is a machine. He's a, he's a numbers, data-driven person. I'm really excited. First time to get him at the summit. And he uh, is always sharing the goods. He can't wait to meet some of the community. Um, and he's given so much. Honestly, this podcast, we give quite a bit. And, of course, he'll also be hosting the Mastermind, one of the sessions of the Mastermind and speaking. And uh, But today he's given quite a ama- bunch of amazing value and insights, softwares, tools, tactics, and strategies, which a lot of us probably never even thought of. So thanks so much, Mike or Michael Hartman, for coming on today. Let's tune in. Are you looking to invest or put some money into an Amazon acquisitions firm? I am a partner and VP of business development at alpharockcapital.com where we are actively buying businesses in the Amazon FBA ecosystem in all different categories. There's a couple we don't buy and we extend that offer to others that want to get some exposure to this investment opportunity class. It's also helped them start a podcast or us a podcast on alpharockcapital.com slash podcast dash radio. So you can follow along the story, meet the partners and the insights of starting an acquisitions firm. So thank you again for supporting this community, Alpha Rock, and I'm a proud partner there. We will get them more on this show, but they also we also have their show. We or they or you or all. Alpharockcapital.com Okay, thank you everybody for tuning into our Global From Asia podcast. We have a guest 
that's been on a couple of years ago in a, in a different, different, um, we, I don't know if you remember that one, Mike, we were talking about us company structure of Delaware and everything. Um, and it's, uh, it's exciting to have you back on. Mike Hartman is a seven figure seller, American based in Romania for years. Um, we've been chatting, we've known each other through these different, uh, you know, circles and it's a pleasure to have you on. You'll also be sh- speaking at the cross border summit this October. So thanks for coming on, Mike. No problem, man. It's great to, to have me. I'm happy that you have me again. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's correct. Uh, kind of pivoted hard, you know, had that expat contract doing the U.S. companies things and figured I needed that plan B and moved into the e-com world like uh, all the clients that I were, was servicing uh, did. And it, yeah, it turned I, out to be okay. I think so, you and I have similar feedback, similar story. I mean, well, I, I was I, I still do the Hong Kong thing. I'm still I'm a partner in a CPA company in Hong Kong. But like you said, everybody I was working with was on Amazon, was on e-commerce. I think you and I had both been doing e-commerce before. So, you know, the temptation is strong, man. So I mean everybody's you know doing really well and you've you've grown quite a bit. We've we've been following I've been following your story for quite some time and you're um I think we're going to kind of just chat a little bit about the history, but you're also 90% off Amazon. You mentioned before the recording, you're going to be talking at the summit in more detail about your story and how you've scaled off Amazon. Um, and do you want to kind of give us a little bit of insight? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, the story that I'll be giving is about scaling on Amazon for that aspect, scaling off Amazon. Um is, is a little bit different and it, it comes with its own headaches and tribulations there. The only cool thing is instead of having Amazon own all the data and not want to give it up and control your accounts and control your cash flow, you kind of control it yourself, but it's a much different grind, uh, as we say. So it's a little bit harder, but I feel like it's more of a safety net. You know, so originally I went on to Amazon for that safety net of having a different revenue stream than the expat job because I knew the expat job was a finite solution if I wanted to stay in Romania. So, um, you know, I didn't want to live on a Romanian salary. So I, I started the Amazon up there and scaled it up pretty good. But then I saw all my friends getting these suspensions, their reviews deleted and like all these different things. And I had the opportunity to like move on to Shopify and, uh, we pivoted hard. So uh, we have a couple, we have like two seven-figure Shopify stores now, um, trying to build up the brands and working on um, to run something of a, a new brand next year of, of a hybrid model of running both Shopify and Amazon uh, congruently together because we think we'll have the most revenue stream, but won't be dependent on only one channel. Agreed. So if that makes sense. Totally yeah. makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I mean, multi-channel is something uh is definitely a, a dream and and a, and a goal i think any any seller should have i mean any business owner should have right like relying on one channel i mean i feel like that's textbook college you know business college uh you know discussion is you know having diversification as as much as you can is important um so then i've, I've taken i've taken that to the extreme in the past and kind of over diversified yeah, and so I I learned to like uh, focus on like three or four things, and like that's it. And uh, my partner always tells me, "Don't get distracted by the shiny things." 
And so sometimes you'll see this new business model or new thing that looks really shiny and awesome, but it'll take your focus off your main business and it'll go to shit. So yeah. uh, we try not to do that. Um, you know, currently on Amazon, though, for scaling wise, this so far this year, I put around 30,000 new SKUs on Amazon, probably 35,000 when I see you because we're working on a, another set of five. And that's brought its own challenges. So I've realized a lot this year because last year we did, I don't know, 10,000 SKUs. And we're about two years in on this one brand. Um, there's one <laughs> scaling to 10,000 SKUs and scaling to 40,000 SKUs are two different sets of automation. And so the sets of automation that I built to get to the 10,000 has not translated well to get to the 40,000 and our ultimate goal of 1 million. So right now we have to rebuild a lot of systems that we had built out previously that we thought would be able to scale with minimal human interaction. But at this point, I want to remove the human element at, at all costs True. and just run like full automations. Because when you're messing with, let's say, 10,000 listings, there's going to be human error. If we could automate everything 100%, it removes the human error. So it, it brings its own problems. And also with Amazon updating like plot files and updating MWS permissions or API stuff, it, it becomes more and more of a headache. Um, so, and you know, one thing about my business is uh, I really go wide, I don't go deep. So I'm not looking to have a bestseller that's moving 60, 80, 200, 500 units a day. I'm looking to move one to five units per day, per month, per year depending on the skew. Cool. So, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I guess we you know, we'll call it I, I call it long tail, is that right? For like Yeah, I'm going after a lot of long tail stuff. So, 100% correct. Well, not one. So, how do you you what, know, I'm sure listeners are like thinking like 10,000 last year, 30,000 this year, 40,000 total. It sounds pretty crazy. I mean, So, I I mean like going I've had this debate with some other friends and so we've, I've messed with like a BSR seven in overall category. And that was like a nightmare because I was king of the hill and everyone's trying to knock me down all the time. And so white hat, black hat, gray hat, every kind of method you could imagine. It was just <laughs> spending off attacks and there was no sleep. Um, with this one, if ASINs go down, I'm not as upset, right? So I still have sales. I still have revenue because I'm spread wide. And it, it's a when it comes to inventory management. Uh, we do a lot of stuff from our own warehouse, et cetera. But it, it's, it's easier and it's harder in different aspects. For me, I think it's slightly less stressful. I would just say slightly. In the beginning, I thought it was going to be way less stressful. Uh, but now I would just say it's slightly less stressful. But um, I think if I can get the, the new automations that I want to get in place, in place, like I'm working with some programmers now. Yeah. Romania is like the home of programmers, as I, as I say. So they're cheap and easy here. Um, you know, we'll see if that makes everything much simpler for me. Because with being able to do this, I should make redundant two positions, which will also help with cash flow, will help with other things. But it, it will just, I think it will make my life easier if I can do full automation. This is the biggest issue I have right now. So it's just human error. Agreed. So on 40, 
yeah, you know, on 40, let's say 40,000 SKUs at 1%, that's 400 that could be screwed up. But it's really, really hard to tell which ones are screwed up and which ones aren't screwed up. Or if someone changes your category, you know, you can run Century Kit, but it gets expensive when you're running this many SKUs. Right now, I'm using a program called Bindwise. And because I have so many SKUs, even if one little thing changes, I'm getting spammed out the wazooie with email notifications about changes. So I have one person just going through and fighting with Amazon on their algorithmic changes. So like I said, it is, it's a different, it's a different beast, as we say. Yeah, I mean, so you're doing prints on demand. I still make more apparel. I mean, I'm just trying to think what's 10,000 or 30,000. I'm doing mainly cell phone and accessories and print on demand. Okay. So imagine you have like an iPhone 11 case, you know, how many different color variations can you have on that? Right. So you can have army green, you can have bright green, you can have, you know, uh, I don't know, neon green. And so we have a lot of color variations, but what's funny is what I might put as neon green, Amazon will come in and just change his green, but then it's kind of like duplicate because it'll change something else that's green too. So I'm always fighting with Amazon and I want to have like a, a one click solution flat file per category to just fix things. Um, and this is what I'm working on building out right now and to launch new things. Nice. The other thing is with, with advertising with this amount of SKUs also becomes a, a headache. So how many SKUs do you put into a campaign? I mean, that's, that's question one we found the sweet spot to be around like 50 for running tests. Well, when you're launching 2000 SKUs, that's going to be something like, Oh my God, 20 campaigns right there, right? That are all competing for the same keyword, same everything, but they all have different results. So how, how we harvest the data, how we push these things out into like, let's say winning campaigns is completely different. We also mm. had a big headache, over the summer because we're running software automation with manual. And so we're using zone tools. Like I think a lot of people are, but because the API data was completely screwed or skewed or screwed <laughs> is I think the appropriate term between July and August, what the API was reading was not actual reality. So the algorithmic bidding completely f***ed our campaign. So what we ended up having to do is because we take bulk file downloads is we re-uploaded before this API thing and trying to go off of bids that were like four months old, which are three months old, which isn't necessarily the best thing to do, but just trying to recover some of those sales. Definitely. So if that makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, you're saying data. I mean, yeah, we were talking earlier in the show about Amazon having the data, but you're also getting a lot of this data because you have all these all these products right and and all these campaigns so you yourself must be harvesting are you how are you are you using that data are you using it i mean of course there's these tools that people have that have data but do you yourself have some internal data you, you can then use uh we do have internal data that we use um i do use like black box to check uh competitors to know what they're dealing with and what their sales are, what their BSR is off of Helium 10. And from there, I get like good ideas of different niches to go into where I can dominate. Um, so like one niche might bring two to 5K a month, 
like for example, uh, but I can go in quickly and take 80% of that niche within a month. So that's an extra 4K. And I can duplicate that like 20, 30, 40, 50 times. You know, and if you do that, you hit seven figures pretty quickly, right? Awesome. So um, it just depends on, on what's launching. So right now we call it the Apple launch season. So they're coming out with the new iPhones. Uh, you have uh, new DJI Mavic is going to come out here shortly. You have a lot of different things that are coming out right now. Um, so basically, we're, my, I have full-time 3D render artists. We never touch products. Um, and they just run. We have a lot of automation on the graphic side. Completely happy with that. On the listing creation side, I'm having more and more issues. And so that's why we're just, we're like scrapping what we have. We're still using it for what we have now. And we're completely rebuilding something new. Awesome. Yeah, I remember we had talked earlier. You said you're not even dealing with physical samples in your team. Everything is rendered. Like, and you're, So nobody in your team is touching a product? No, no, we don't touch products at all. So, which is really, really funny. You have to understand that we are segmented. So I have graphics, marketing, automation tools, all built in Romania, warehouse, everything in the U.S. So it gets expensive to ship stuff back and forth like every week. And so literally we're just building out renders off of images. Uh, we're buying existing renders and building the cases and doing what we need around those of the devices. Um, and it seems to work out okay. Uh, we, we have like a big, what I call render rig. I dropped a lot of money into this thing. And so we can produce, I think our record right now was we did 12,000 custom images in about four days through automation. And so out of those 12,000, it was like 2,000 listings, six images each. Wow. So, so yeah. which is crazy time. You could never do this with photography. It just, it, it won't, it won't scale. This so, is cool. yeah. Yeah. So we wrote a whole bunch. Like I, when we originally were building out these automations, basically I went to my 3d guy and I uh, combined him with my programmers. And I said, any task you have to do more than once, you're going to screen capture that, explain it. And we're going to automate it. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And we did that for one year until we had every task he was duplicating to the point now he is just building the renders, setting positions, clicking a button, and we're producing listings on the graphic side. Wow. So, and eventually I want to get there with the, um, the listing creation. There's always going to be manual with the listing creation because you have keyword research, you have, you know, bullets and description are going to be different but similar so in that aspect we we have the automation right now where we have some dynamic keywords that are changing and some static but i want to make that more robust feeding off our existing like database and then run like full automation scripts to create the entire flat file the only issue that i foresee happening is every so often is amazon's changing the flat file so maybe once a quarter i'm going to have to remap everything Mm. Um, and that's basically it. We have pretty good automation now, but it still needs to be touched up by a flat file expert, uh, sometimes, um, or Amazon doesn't like our categories and I don't want to be in the categories they want to put me in because let's say on, if I want to sell an Amazon echo dot, 
case, they're taking a 45% commission. If I can push that thing into a uh, tablet case or smart speaker case, they're taking a 15% commission. So it's a huge difference. Makes sense, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so. what's rendering rig? I mean, like, is that that's uh, hardware, software, and something? Uh, hardware. So it's hardware. So uh, we have, I don't know, 48 gigs of video RAM on a giant, massive computer that we built custom just to run the, these graphics-intensive processes. Um, and so we're just... We put it through some automation software and we're running it through this. We have uh, three separate computers set up for one guy just to manage those. Wow. Interesting. It's, and a, then, yeah. it's a different beast. It's a different yeah. beast, man. So then you're just, yeah, like so. you're saying, so remapping flat files and then battling Amazon to stay in lower cost categories that you consider more than Amazon? It depends. I mean, it depends on the Amazon, uh, let's say Amazon Echo Dot accessories. We, we do fairly well. But the commissions are so freaking huge, it wipes out like all the profit margin if they're taking forty five percent. So uh, we try to push them into, let's say, other categories: uh, cell phone accessories, tablets, electronics, laptops, whatever I need to put it in, and uh, just to to save the money on the fees. So That's I mean, nice. by putting it into different ones, we can save up to you know fifty to hundred dollars a day in fees. Which adds up. Totally. Know? Yeah, I mean, we're. I'm going to probably title, we didn't pick a title, but I think we're going to go like making money off the long tail. That's kind of what I feel like this is discussing here <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's it, basically it. Also with Amazon's algorithm recently, from what I can tell is I used to be able to take up 80% of a, of a landing page and now they're only giving me around 40% of like the, you know, position on, on a landing page. So it's a little bit different. So it seems like a brand can only own so much of one landing page. Mm. One so keyword, run, one long tail. Makes sense. So then you're just running everything through one seller central account it seems probably you're just doing everything. Uh, I'm running everything on this account through a one seller central because it's a bigger brand. And so, I'm leveraging the brand. I don't want to, you know, dilute the brand value, something like that. But it, it's different. I, also, there's. I used to do a lot, a lot of self um, vaporizer accessories, and uh, there's been a lot of bad PR about vape accessories recently. Yeah. So if you look at the search volume on that, it is it is tanked in the past month. And, uh, you know, the sales were, were, were really affected by that because it was, it was, for me, it was a cash cow. And so now the cash cow is gone. It's, it's all the bad PR and everything in there is gone. And so instead of uh, relying so much on like one niche, we're expanding more and more into different niches to uh, diversify the revenue stream even, even further. Wow. Yeah. I so, know we'll meet Zach at the event, but he, I don't know if I should expose this on the show, but he got kind of rocked. He, 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 yeah, I got rocked too. I mean, so I went from moving like, let's say 100, 200 units a day to like sh Donald Trump tr tweeted one Friday. Yeah, the and, tweets uh, of Donald Trump. <laughs> they, they completely screwed the business. And uh, even from like off Amazon perspective, you know, that one product used to bring an easy 
you know, mid five figures per month. And that dropped drastically. I mean, drastically, drastically to the point that I don't even think we're bringing, maybe we're hitting like mid four figures. So you're talking about like a 30, 40, 50 grand hit per month, per month, just on one product set. Nuts. So that thing used to jam. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, you have to understand that when you get into this, this market, cell phone accessories, accessories market in general, you're always going to be hunting the trends and getting on the trends. And the idea is to hit the trends before other people hit them and to grab market share while you can and then defend that market share or to come in and dominate the market um, by better listings, by having cool EBC, by having video, by just dominating it this way. So you have a lot of different options to penetrate different things, but um, it is what it is. I would say for the vape, the vape market though, right now, from what I've seen across all channels, it's, it's dying. So it got all this bad PR now and it's just dying. So maybe it'll bounce back some, but not like it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I know the, tr the tweets of Donald Trump that have rocked industries the last couple of years is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him tweet. I said, oh, shit. And then I looked at my sales. I was like, mother. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's basically it. You oh, know, man. Well, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive into the accessories. Like you said, so you're the Apple launch season. There's the Mavic. So you, you're like hunting these trends and you're deciding to dive into this vertical or this, you know, this accessories game and then you're going all in on renders and packaging even before you have well even maybe not even seen the seen the actual product i'm looking at google trends and demands bro so i'm looking okay. at demand and so before i even like touch the product i'm trying to have like right now we're building out the iphone 11 cases and we should be launching them i don't know this week and then nintendo switch Lite, which just also released and we're building out the cases for that. And I'm launching those things. I never had physically had the product in Romania. Awesome. So, you know, it's, it's just a different beast. That's um, awesome. And so I'm hunting release dates. I'm hunting trends. I'm hunting uh, competitors. I'm trying to get, you know, use their BSR, see how they're trending, see where they're making their money. And then just to come in and what I call snipe them. So I just come into a category and I might do some micro launches with, you know, like 10, 20 rebate keys, get, you know, five, 10 reviews, put it up, jam it with some PPC, rank it and just start stealing market share, nice. you know, because I can blow like five grand on a release if it's going to make me five grand in a month. Like I don't care, but yeah. I can do this multiple times over. Like, so I have all the pieces in place to do this multiple times over. It's just, okay. it's a different story. It's a different game. Um, so, but I would say overall this year across different segments in business, uh, the past two months have been terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, terrible as far as sales concerned. I don't know if it's the, the Trump war. I don't know if it's vape accessories, but I'm looking at the different markets that I'm in beyond this, like the different websites and other stuff. It's only just been the past week that sales have really started to like pick up on the other businesses from what they were, you know, over the summer before this hit the fan. 
whatever yeah. that was. Yeah, like, I know. I know. Uh, it's just and then I was, overall, I was yeah, looking at sales it. today. Sales today uh, are for the last day of September. I think I got I got obliterated. I mean, they they were literally half of what I did in August. But I'm also thinking that it, you know I was heavily reliant on those vape accessories, which we're trying to get off of now. So uh, it becomes addictive. It becomes a drug when you have such a good seller, you know, or a good market. So, you know, and uh, this month has been up and down. Some days we have really good days. Some days we have really bad days and can't really pinpoint it, you know, can't really pinpoint what exactly is affecting it, at least in, in, in my, let's say, uh, cell phone accessory market and the accessories market in general. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, before recording, you were asking me too. Yeah, I think everybody's feeling feeling something's not normal. And I think it's spooking a spooking a lot of people. But maybe that's you know that's another advantage of long tail or multiple listings. You think? I mean, of course, you said you're on a BSR seven. I mean, that probably is much more risky than than where you're at now. Oh, it's that was way more risky than where I'm at now. I mean, but instead of having to focus on forty thousand listings, you can't. You only have to focus on one, but the problem is, is that one, man. This is this is why I have no hair left, you know. So, <laughs> um, put it that way. But uh, it's just a different game. The the cool thing about my business is it's it's flexible and I'm fluid, so I can I can pivot really quickly with where I'm at. Um, I have really short R and D times, like two weeks, uh, from R and D to like product launch. Um, so I'm able to move really quickly through the markets and, um, you know, we have a very solid marketing team both on Amazon and off Amazon. So I have no complaints right now. Great. Yeah. I mean, team is really, you know, you're, you're, you're building a massive foundation, you know, you said you got, you got the systems in place, the team in place, um, you know, the knowledge, data collecting. So I think this has been a great conversation so far and, can we maybe chat a little bit about the summit where you got lined up to, to share with those that are coming out? Yeah. So uh, I hope to drop some knowledge bombs in the summit. We'll, we'll leave it for the summit, not for uh, the potty. Uh, <laughs> I hope whoever's coming out for the VIP, I, I will give you, uh, you know, some added benefits. There's some things that I'm doing right now in the business that have recently been game changing. So, uh, and I will go over that at the summit. So in less than uh, 30 days, uh, I've been able to use one marketing channel to generate 25% of overall revenue that I neglected before. Great. So, which has been huge. I mean, it's been huge. It's been a game changer. And awesome. so uh, it, it taught me a lot about neglecting, you know, <laughs> neglecting different channels, as <laughs> we say. So uh, I'll be in the summit, I guess, from the 21st through the 23rd. I hope to see you guys out there. Who's ever coming to the VIP. Uh, um, Looking yeah. forward to meeting you guys and uh, having a you know productive mastermind. I'll also be hopefully dragging my business partner out, out there with me, who's also uh, full of knowledge and uh, materials. Yeah, I know we're really looking forward to it. So, like you said, Mike, you'll be hosting one of the one of the hosts of the mastermind the day before, where those that get the VIP ticket can enjoy some more intimate time with you and the others like Howard and, and Danny and Will and some other great people. So it'll be amazing time. And of course you have a full talk where you share at the actual summit and 
we'll be rubbing shoulders with some really cool people from all around the world, man. I'm really happy I finally got you. We've met at other events and we've been knowing each other for a few years now. So I'm really happy to have you uh, coming out and sharing with, with those that are making it. So thanks again, Mike. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks. Looking forward to it. And I guess any other plugs for people to find find you or what you're doing online if there's any current blogs oh man man, really i i pretty much shut down the agency because i make more money with my own brands now than i did with the agency so uh i i I can't really uh plug anything for myself right now because i'm just focused on my own businesses okay Um, people can look me up on facebook michael hartman or they can email me uh i still have the old email michael at inventic i-n-n-o-v-e-n-t-i-c.com Awesome. They need to reach out. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for sharing, buddy. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks, man. Are you a gladiator? E-commerce gladiator. Maybe you enjoyed the series e-commerce gladiator we had here on Global From Asia. Got up pretty close to well into double digits of the episodes. And I've been working hard with Andre Martin, my amazing editor of the book. We made a book, ecommercegladiator.com. It's going to be coming soon. We're going to launch it at the Cross-Border Summit. But if you want to see more and get on the waiting list to learn about this new book and opportunity, check it out at www.ecommercegladiator.com. So it's my blah, blah, blah session. Still hopping up and down on a pretty smooth ride in, in this grab car. I'm, you know, I'm about 20 minutes out from downtown or Neiman by car, and I just, just uh, budget grabs and seem to schedule doing podcast intros when I'm on the move, just because I like to, you know, I like to uh, maximize time, and my mornings are my grind, and just doing so much focused work. This one I can get to. This one I can get to do while I'm in the car or in a go. And I think it's more fun. At least I think it's hopefully more fun. Hopefully it's not too much of an interruption for you to listen to this. We got a pretty good mic, you know, and I got an adapter for a new MacBook so that I can plug in my USB microphone. But today was pretty cool. You know, I don't know what you guys think about thousands, tens of thousands of SKUs in Amazon or Shopify. And if you think that's a better way or, you know, what Michael said, he lost sleep on just a few products. There's, of course, two sides of every coin. Whether it's heads or tails on that quarter you're flipping, you can go with diving deep on one. I mean, I know people that have one product to make, you know, millions of dollars. And, but it is a little bit of a stressful situation, you know, with black hat, white hat, gray hat, Amazon suppliers, everybody coming at you, trying to maybe knock you down, which is what Michael seemed to have said in the talk, where you're more diversified with thousands of different products. I do like to say diversification, but I think a lot of you know me and I do a million different things, so it's probably a weakness of mine depending on how you look at it, but it's just diversifying takes a lot more work, you know, to have multiple sales channels or multiple products, so something you should be thinking about, but I think no matter what, the future is automation, the future is technology and software, so I think we as business owners have to always think about how to automate our businesses to reduce the human error right you know that's kind of one thing that michael said and i don't have too much automation i'll be honest this podcast is about five or six different people to make this show go online for example i guess we could automate it more you know i think there's even softwares that auto edit that automatically edit and 
what's happening is uh, there are mistakes, but you know, sometimes the human touch is something a computer can't do. But I think with Michael's case, you know, if it's just changing the colors and just changing the, you know, some certain variations of those products, then you know, you can totally automate that. You know, just changing the pattern of the of that uh, rendering so that it's pink and green and army color and gray and tie-dye, Thailand, <laughs> different logos, designs. So I think if you're doing that kind of style, you can definitely kind of like program that. And I hope all of us are just trying to think of technology solutions. I mean, that's what happens to me when I'm selling online. I think of the software solutions. And, you know, obviously there's the greats like Greg Mercer and Jungle Scout and others that have been sellers or are still sellers and then they see these opportunities in softwares. I think Michael's sitting on some opportunities to make some softwares. Maybe we can talk about that at the cross-border summit when he's there. And I'm just really, you know, always excited about connecting people. He's really wanting to meet some bigger sellers in the China community, Asia community, and I've been lining up some some connections already. We have one attendee. It's a it's two women from Chengdu. Actually, a lot of Chinese women, business women, come to our event, which is pretty amazing. I've noticed that every year. It's a, a lot of female um, Amazon sellers in China do really well. I guess they're good at managing different personalities and people. Usually, they're better at English. They studied maybe business English in college, and I can't wait to introduce. Jessica and Linda coming down from Chengdu, China with 45 person team on Amazon since 2013. I was chatting to her an email just preparing the attendees that are coming to make sure they get the most out of their event. And we were just talking about it and just a lot of insights from from her about what she's looking for. She wants to meet more people from around the world. You know, and they say they're younger, which I don't like to ask anybody, especially women. But she says that her and her colleague are younger and more open-minded Chinese, and they're really excited to meet foreign international sellers and business owners. So I can't wait to introduce them, and they'll meet Michael Hartman here. When he's coming in, he's flying in from Romania to China. Flight's all booked, hotel's all booked. Can't wait for him to come out. But um, probably do some more meetings and events while he's there. We also have a secret secret session after party. Uh, Michelle Joe, our sponsor from Wambi Express, she, um, she lined up one of her Chinese seller friends that is willing to share but doesn't want to publicly say who they are online and they don't want to um, even really promote themselves at the event. They'll come to the after party to do like a fireside chat Q&A session. So it's just always stacking that value, stacking that cash. But I can't wait, as always. And uh, we're almost at Maya. That wasn't so long, right? Are we almost? I think we're almost there. So this might be a shorter blah, blah, blah session. But just try my best to add as much value to this event and to this community and try to balance what we put out on this free podcast and what we put into these paid events. But I think the biggest one is... The people you'll meet, the people, the deals you'll make. We, people are always amazed. What we've been able to somehow do is keep the Chinese and international community together, and we really try hard. Of course, my wife's Chinese, and she helps a lot with the Chinese side. And uh, you know, I'm the white guy, trying my best to keep the international people. I mean, there's people of all different colors, but 
let's say English language world there. So, you know, processing China visas and getting people on WeChat. I wish they had a referral program, but basically getting everybody into WeChat. We have pretty good WeChat groups we're going to put together for the event, as always. So, I think uh, about to get out of the car, and I had a great time sharing with you. And, Michael, thank you for making it out to the summit, and I hope to see some of you, you listeners there as well. CrossBorderSummit.com to get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.